Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. Good to be with you. I think the scenery here looks a little different. I'm coming to you via my cell phone. Um, I'm actually home. Uh, We are in uh, two mobile homes right now, unpacking and setting up in Texas, and Our Lady is behind me. Um, And we had the difficulty connecting this morning, so I'm home and speaking to you by the cell phone and pray that our internet continues to work here. This is a most special, uh, unique day, and I did not want to miss being with you. Um, There will be a men's march to end abortion, a men's march in Baltimore, and my dear um, uh, Assistant James is there in Baltimore. Many of the Station of the Cross staff are there. And uh, a little message from... um, Uh, from the Station of the Cross is that we want to invite all of you, all of you, uh, Mother Miriam live listeners, but all of you, uh, to keep listening um, or watching on Facebook. You can continue there after this program ends, after this hour, because the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network will be interrupting regular programming to bring you live wall-to-wall video coverage of the National Men's March from Baltimore, Maryland. Co-founders of that march, Jim Havens and Father Stephen Imperato, will be leading a march made up of fathers and sons. I just love this. Fathers and sons, starting at the Baltimore Planned Parenthood Abortion Center and then proceeding to the Baltimore Marriott, where the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops will have their annual meeting You can also watch the video live on youtube.com forward slash the station of the cross. One word. Um, I'm so proud of the station of the cross and all of you who participate in the men's march out of Baltimore. I know our friend Kurt who calls calls in is is there marching without any question. Excuse me. Catholic answers. Um, there, um, I think it's Trent Horn, is fantastic apologist, and he wrote an article. Actually, I think it was a live podcast, um, and he no- he quotes the Catechism says the inalienable right to life of every innocent human individual is a constitutive element of a civil society and its legislation. Pope John the Twenty Third said. To safeguard the inviolable rights of the human person and to facilitate the performance of his duties is the principal duty of every public authority. End quote. If you, individual man or woman, if you are an elected official, your primary job, if you only have one job, um, is to make sure that everyone has the right to life. That's why the government was formed. Uh, not to rule it over the people, but to protect people, to protect 
protect the Constitution, but to protect the family, to protect the right to life. We live in a civilized society. So far, it's becoming quite uncivilized, but so far it's civilized. If we wanted to be barbarians, we could go and live in the woods again. Go listen. Well, he says listen to his survival episode on that, but it's not what we want. Elected officials need to protect the right to life of all people. And rule number two, that includes children. He says, if you pass a law that protects unborn children from being aborted, you are not, listen to this, is so important. If you pass a law that protects unborn children from being aborted, you are not imposing your Catholic faith on people any more than if a Catholic politician passes a law against the lynching or a law against marital rape or spousal abuse. He does not impose his Catholic values on people. What he imposes are common sense, norms of morality that every person of goodwill should be able to agree with. That if you cannot say, well, this idea that is wrong to dismember children, that's a religious belief. I cannot get on board with that, no. That should be one of the most basic elements of your moral framework. Imagine to rip a little baby limb from limb. You call that a religious belief? That is just life. That is morality. You don't have to, you can be an atheist. And you know it's wrong to rip a little baby limb to limb. You're not imposing a religious view on people just because you pass a law that happens to coincide with a religious view, it doesn't have to be your religious view. Someone will say, well, I'm against personally, uh, so, so-called, uh, so-called Catholics, well, I'm personally against abortion, but I don't want to oppose my view on others. Uh, that is not a religious view. That is a view, don't murder. If someone kills someone, they're put in jail. <clears throat> the fact that they kill that baby inside the room versus out, there's no difference. You don't have to have a religious view. Many judges that sent, sent their, um, sentence rather uh, uh, murderers to jail are atheists. Politicians can never vote to increase or maintain legal access to abortion. St. John Paul II said, in the case of an intrinsically unjust law, such as a law permitting abortion or euthanasia, it's intrinsically unjust by its very nature. It is therefore never illicit to obey it. You must never obey wrong. Or to take part in a propaganda campaign in favor of such a law or to vote for it. Politicians can vote for laws that limit abortion, even if they still allow some abortions to be legal. Now there's a small group, very small within the pro-life community, that holds the view that it is always wrong to vote for an abortion law unless it's a total ban on abortion. They'll say that you sin if you take, let's say, you live in a country where abortion is legal through all nine months of pregnancy. These people would tell you that it is a sin. If you could pass a law that outlaws all abortions except for those in the 
case of rape and incest, they would say it's sinful or wrong for you to vote for that law because you're saying it's okay to kill children who are conceived in rape and incest. If we are able to pass a law that bans 98.5 of abortions, we're not saying that children who are conceived in rape and pregnancy don't matter. All we are trying to do is limit the harm of a currently existing evil. And Pope St. John Paul II recognized that in his encyclical, Evangelium Vitae, which is the gospel of life. He says, when it is not possible to overturn or completely abrogate a pro-abortion law, an elected official whose absolute personal opposition to procure abortion was well known, could licitly support proposals aimed at limiting the harm done by such a law. So you're not endorsing the evil that is allowed, that is permitted. Rather, what you're trying to do is reduce as much as politically feasible as is possible. You're trying to reduce the evil that currently exists. A Catholic politician can never maintain a Catholic politician can never maintain or increase abortion access. But he could vote for a law that reduces abortion, even if it does not allow for exceptions. Finally, Catholic politicians that vote for laws of funding bills that promote abortion should not present themselves for Holy Communion because they have committed the grave sin of formally cooperating with a grave evil. If you have a politician who votes... um, um, in, in New York, he gives the example that they have states that are voting for religious reproductive choice acts that would take Roe v. Wade and make it part of a state's constitution, just as our President Biden said he wants to codify Roe v. Wade. Even if Roe v. Wade were overturned, um, which it has been, but our President wants to codify it again, abortion would still be legal in the same methods and framework in that state. You may not vote for it. You may not be part of it. If it's ever legal, it's illegal. Uh, It's an intrinsically evil thing to do. You are not right to have an abortion because a state has made it legal. You are not right to cooperate with evil. If a politician votes for something like that, he shouldn't present himself for Holy Communion any more than someone who voted for slavery or voted for the legality of rape. In 2004, Cardinal Ratzinger said this, regarding the grave sin of abortion or euthanasia, when a person's formal cooperation becomes manifest, understood in the case of a Catholic politician as is consistently campaigning and voting for permissive abortion and euthanasia laws, President Biden, Pelosi, and many others who call themselves Catholic, they are not Catholic. They can fight that, but they are not Catholic, nor are they on the way to heaven unless they repent and convert. Um, So again, uh, a Catholic politician who is campaigning and voting for permissive abortion and euthanasia, his pastor should meet with him. 
the Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show, joining you on the Station of the Cross each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. We'll see you then. May God love you. Praise be to Jesus. I'm Jim Havens, host of The Simple Truth, heard weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. And by far the most transforming aspect of this experience was simply coming into the direct knowledge that God himself not only knew me by name, but had been paying attention to me as though I were the only creature he had ever created. That's The Simple Truth, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. The Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I grew up Catholic Church, haven't been in the Catholic Church for decades, but I'm in the process of working my way back for the simple reason that I needed a place to listen to pro-life, pro-family messages. Catholic Radio is it. It's a place to hear that message without all the political bias and all that that's going on on News Talk Radio. It changed my life. It's the only station I turn on. The Catholic station is an answer to prayer. It, it couldn't be more fulfilling. It's helped me learn more about the faith, and it's helped me to deepen my faith as a result of that. It's on continuously in my house, day and night. You can't imagine how much I receive from that channel. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am Mother Miriam, and I am live, and I'm coming to you from our mobile home in Texas, Tyler, Texas, um, which is why we have a different scenery today. We haven't put pictures up on our walls yet, um, but I'm really thrilled to be with you. We had a difficulty this morning, couldn't get to the studio, um, but I'm so happy, uh, thanks to the Station of the Cross, that we can, um, uh, let me just straighten out here, that we can uh, come to you this way. I'm, I'm just thrilled. and. Um, before the break, um, I mentioned to you that we have uh, this afternoon, the Station of the Cross is covering uh, the men's march for three hours. And so when this program ends, stay on the line or go to Facebook. You can continue watching on Facebook uh, right after Mother Miriam Live ends. The Station of the Cross Media Network will be interrupting regular programming to bring you live wall-to-wall video coverage of the National Men's March from Baltimore. It's Fathers and Sons. I'm so, so thrilled about this. Co-founders Jim Havens and Father Stephen Emberato will be leading a march made up of Fathers and Sons um, starting, at the, um, starting at the Baltimore Planned Parenthood Abortion Center and then proceeding to the Baltimore Marriott, where the United States of Conference, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops will have their annual meeting 
You can also watch the video uh, live on youtube.com forward slash the station of the cross. And if you didn't know about the march, and you can still get your fathers and sons, even put on suits and ties if you can, do whatever you can. Um, and, and don't worry about your dress if that's a problem, but suits and ties are perfect. So if you can take time out of your business and you can with them for 20 minutes, get to that march, make a stand, make a comment. It would be truly wonderful. I've been reading a wonderful article, at least excerpts from it, by Trent Horn um, uh, from Catholic.com, uh, Catholic Answers. And he says, when we speak to women about, we try to stop women from having abortion, what we want them to find is hope and healing in Jesus Christ, to be able to go to the sacrament of reconciliation, to have their sins absolved, and to continue down the path of healing and reconciliation. I know many women, dear ones, who have had an abortion, and they live with the guilt of that their entire lives. They may not feel guilty when they have the abortion, they might be an atheist at that point. They might be a Catholic in name only, whatever it is. But later, they may be converts to the faith or their conscience may begin to bother them once they learn that there is no abortion that does not fit in the category of murder. A child is a child at the moment of conception. It's not a clump of tissue. It doesn't become a child. It is a child. And if we didn't use the word abortion, if we use the word murder or dismemberment of babies, come to this Planned Parenthood clinic and have the baby in your womb ripped apart. We'll even do it for free. Now, I think that would change the scene a little bit, but that would be, that would be honest. Um, so uh, for, um, uh, for Catholics, um, uh, let me see. It doesn't matter what your conscience tells you. People say, well, I shouldn't go against my conscience. This is true. But your conscience needs to be informed with truth. And if it's truth, it's Catholic, no matter where it is, no matter who speaks it. If it's truth, it's Catholic. It's from God. And the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith says it does not matter what your conscience tells you. If your conscience tells you to vote to make abortion legal, your conscience is broken. You've got to get it fixed. Um, the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith says, quote, a well-all-formed Christian conscience does not permit one to vote for a political program or an individual law which contradicts the fundamental contents of faith and morals. If someone says their conscience, we all have to follow our conscience, and that is an argument um, Trent says he takes up in a video series um, uh, about the conscience. We should follow our conscience, but it has to be properly formed. The conscience is not infallible. Um, you do what your conscience says, but your conscience could be improperly formed. You have to direct your conscience. You need to say conscience. It would never be right to have a law to make it illegal to is to uh, to dismember to make it legal to dismember unborn human beings. And if you have an abortion, that's what you're doing. You are pulling your baby apart, limb by limb, ripping. If somebody came to you now, at whatever age you are, with a big giant thing and took my arm, and you could watch this and yanked it out of my body, and the other arm, and then a leg, and then crossed my head, you would 
you would be nauseous. You would be horrified, horrified. But that's no different from what happens in the womb. Absolutely no different from what happens in the womb. And if you say, well, I don't want to pull you apart, I'm going to put you in a tank and put poison in there so your body burns to death. If you watch that, you'd be horrified, but that's what happens to the little baby. That's what happens. Um, so let me just see if uh, Cardinal Ratzinger said this, a Catholic would be guilty, who became Pope Benedict XVI, of course. He said a Catholic would be guilty of formal cooperation in evil and so unworthy to present himself for Holy Communion if he were to deliberately vote for a candidate precisely because of the candidate's permissive stand on abortion or euthanasia. And so um, if you vote for a candidate who uh, passes laws on the killing of children in their mother's wombs, the, the dismembering them, burning them, killing them, taking their bodies out by any means and selling their parts. All of this is happening. Uh, you would be horrified. You, would, you, you don't have to be religious to be horrified by that. Uh, if, if so, um, it, it, uh, so many atrocities. Um, and there are, um, there's so many companies. If you work for a company that supports abortion or embryonic same-cell research, same-cell research, or euthanasia, the killing of older people, um, or same-sex so-called marriage, no such thing as marriage, other than between a man and a woman. There's no such thing as same-sex marriage. There's such a thing as living in grave sin, but it's not marriage. You could be married by someone who calls himself or herself a justice of the peace. You're not married. Um, uh, and any, any um, method of procreation other than uh, obtained by God's creation through the intimate uh, union of a man and woman in marriage is illicit. In vitro fertilization is a grave, grave evil. Um, uh, many other things are evil. A contraception, now the, the child born from such a process is not evil. The child is a full human being made in the image of God. But the process is evil, completely out of God's design. Um, surrogate mothers, all of that, absolutely out of God's design. Um, but a huge one, beloved, is contraception. It is an evil. It is an absolute evil. Um, if you want a good book to read on that, uh, it's called The Bible and Birth Control. And the uh, back cover of that book all the quotes are from Protestants, not Catholics. You would think it's a Protestant book. It is a Catholic book. It is truth. And it shows how God has been against abortion from creation. Because he is the one who creates children. And contraception is contra, going against the creation of children. Um, and so I, I remember Bishop uh, Fulton Sheen saying, if all of a sudden... 
we would start, people out in the street would start um, blindfolding themselves and plugging up their ears so they couldn't see and couldn't hear. They'd get run over by cars. They would fall into um, ditches and all of that. And he'd say, well, but of course. And, And the Catholic Church would come out with an encyclical. It's wrong to cover your eyes. It's wrong to plug your ears. And the Catholics would rebel. Uh, The Catholic Church is against eye control. The Catholic Church is against ear control, but of course it is. Doesn't it make sense why God gave these organs to see and to hear? And the same thing with the reproductive organs. Doesn't it make sense why those are made not to be uh, plugged up or misused or come against? Life is God's issue, and we have no business trying to have any way to create it or to end it or to make it what it's not. Uh, Gender transition is an intrinsic evil destroying the creation of God. Transhumanism, all of that, tremendous, tremendous evils, Um, not of God. We need to return to God, beloved, and whatever solution mankind tries to um, solve the ills of the day, he will go deeper and deeper into sin and the destruction of human life uh, until he turns to God. Jesus said you should know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I'm not sure how close we are. I'm not able to hear from my end how close we are to the brain, but um, I want to invite you to call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, one 511 5483 You can text at that number as well. And um, uh, you can email as well at mother at the station of the cross dot com. And uh, I think we're going to head to a break. Um, uh, call in during the break or after that. We'll take your calls and your texts and your emails for the next half hour with anything on your heart. Don't go away. Hello? Hello? Oh, okay. I thought we went to a break, so I'm still on. Okay, I'm so sorry. Um, So again, uh, we haven't taken your calls this first half hour, but um, go ahead and call it again with any, maybe you're in a situation where your, your daughter, young teenage daughter is pregnant and you don't know what to do with it. You don't know how to handle it. You know, there are many mothers that force uh, girls who become pregnant. The mother forces abortion. Um, Mother, you will be tremendously. Papa, if you take your child for an abortion, if you order it, if you participate in it because you don't want your family to be shamed, or your daughter won't be able to raise a baby any reason at all, you will be tremendously accountable before God for that. You will be accountable for murder and going against uh, the law of God that's in your heart whether you claim to be religious or not. Okay, I hear the music now. So now we're going to a break and we'll be right back.
When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing and something not complete. The, the deal clincher is we found our way to our, our parish and we met just an incredible pastor. We learned things that we'd never been taught. Wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for November 14th. Today we celebrate St. Gertrude the Great. Born in Saxony around the middle of the 13th century, today's saint is considered one of the three greatest female spiritual writers in church history. From an early age, Gertrude lived and was educated at the monastery school at Hefta and eventually became a Benedictine nun. Along with her friend and teacher, St. Mechtilde, she practiced a spirituality called nuptial mysticism, seeing herself as a bride of Christ. A pioneer in devotion to the Sacred Heart, her spiritual life was a deeply personal union with Jesus that led her into the very life of the Blessed Trinity. As a Benedictine, Gertrude found Christ through living the rhythm of the liturgy. There and in Scripture, she found themes and images that both enriched and expressed her piety. The life and revelations of St. Gertrude, a record of her mystical experiences, has been compared with the writings of St. Teresa of Avila. Gertrude died in 1302. Though never formally canonized, her feast was extended to the Universal Church in 1738 by Pope Clement XII. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are live. We are live uh, in a different mode today. I'm calling on my cell phone from home. Um, we had a difficulty this morning, but I'm, I'm thrilled, uh, at least, that I, can, that I can be with you. So, um, well, it looks like our screen might be... Uh, no, we're good. We're good. Okay. Um, I've got to talk this way so you can hear me through my cell phone. So we will take your calls now, dear ones. Um, uh, toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have a call from Frank. Uh, I, I just want to tell you during the break, Kurt called in to make the point, our dear friend Kurt, to make the point that um, abortions are now by the government. So many of them are free uh, because they call it health care. Um, it, see, the, the enemy, the devil, never stops coming up with lies. How could murder be health care? It's certainly not health care for the baby that's murdered, and it's certainly not health care for the mother who murders her child. There's nothing uh, of health or care in that. We have a call from Frank in Stewart, Florida. Hi, Frank. Hi, how are you? How are you, uh, uh, Mother Miriam? Just fine, thank you, dear. Thanks for calling in. 
Yeah, it's my pleasure. Um, I have a question. I, I'm a documentary filmmaker. I am Catholic, and I just completed a film called Transrec. And um, I interviewed um, Father Dwight Longenecker. And yeah, um, very good. One of the questions, yeah, one of the questions I asked him was, um, you know, about the transgender movement. And he kind of told me, like, well, the Catholic Church hasn't really came out strongly an opinion on it or not. Um, has the Pope come out against the transgender movement, basically saying, you know, we were created man and female, and um, we shouldn't try and change that? Um, has the Pope come out and, um, you know, reprimanded mm. people who are doing this? And if not, do you think that he should? Oh, there's no question he should. Oh, my goodness. There's no issue about that. I don't know that he's come out with that statement, but the church has. Uh, on the Vatican, there, there's a document entitled Male and Female. He created them. The subtitle is Towards, towards a Path of Dialogue on the Question of Gender Education. Um, and so the document is to support the education of the younger generations to address uh, methodologically um, uh, in light of the broader horizon of uh, education to love the issues both and so forth. Um, uh, it is addressed to Cal Reading here. Even, even USA Today came out with a statement on the, on the, um, on that, on that document. Um, uh, the Congregation for Catholic Education which prepared the text speaks of an educational crisis, in particular the themes of affectivity and sexuality in the face of challenges emerging from varying forms um, of an ideology that is given the general name gender theory, which denies the difference and reciprocity, or reciprocity rather, in nature of a man and woman, and so forth, considers them the product of historical and cultural conditioning. So. Uh, there is that article in on the Vatican website, male and female, he created them toward a path of dialogue on the question of gender education. I don't know the date that that was written. It, it's more recent, but uh, I think it. we need something. I wish we had uh, a statement from the Holy Father Paul. I truly do. Yes, it would be nice. It seems like sometimes uh, I'm doing another documentary now on, on um, Mary called um, In Her Image, and it seems, and I actually interviewed Bishop Schneider, and um, he every, everything seems to be like wishy-washy and not in stone, you know, in black That's and right. white. Sometimes I feel like the Pope needs to be more strict and more... Right. Forth, forthcoming and you know um, Bishop Schneider said in my interview he says um, we're not called to be negotiators you know we're not That's politicians right. we're priests you know speaking the word of God and we're not here to compromise we need to I, I just wish the Pope would speak out more forcefully and um, of course be compassionate but 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 me be more black and white look this is wrong this is right and um, it just seems like he, he's not doing that very much well, I and some few million people agree with you, Frank. We, we long for clarity from the Holy Father, who is supposed to be the guardian of the faith once delivered to the saints. He's supposed yes. to be. I, I don't know uh, that he ever will be, uh, but we long for it. We, we absolutely right. long for it. Clarity on the gospel, clarity on, on many, many things clarity even on the fact that there are not multiple religions, only one that God formed. So 
your heart is yes. in the right place. We were disappointed and greatly saddened by the, the lack yes. of the clarity from our Holy Father. Yes, I understand. Um, so, um, like I said, I'm doing another documentary about uh, the Blessed Mother Mary, and I'm trying to raise funding, and I'm kind of self-funding it myself. I just wanted to ask permission. Is it okay if I give out my website address for my last film in case somebody wanted to check out uh, my film on the, trans the harms of the transgender movement? I'll tell you what you can do instead of giving it out over the air right now is you can leave your address with the call fleet, uh, the call screener who will then forward it to me or you can send me a direct email so i can take a look at it great well thank you so much and i am going to send an email because <clears throat> i actually wanted to see if you would be an interviewee in my next film so i, I will okay. be emailing you <clears throat> and thank you okay. so much for your time and the peace okay. of jesus be with you and with you frank and, and god bless you for your work thanks so much all right thank you we have a call Bye. from jody in utah hi jody Hello, how are you, Mother? Oh, I'm wonderful. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. I just love, love, love the way that you speak, the clarity of mind, and you just, you, you don't, you aren't afraid to say what the truth is. I just am so grateful your voice is out in the world. Blessed be God. Not everyone feels that way, but blessed be I God, know. Jenny. Uh, I, to me, there's no reason or time for anything else but the truth. Absolutely, absolutely. So I have a, a question, and um, I uh, am a Christian, and I love God, and I live very similarly to the, the, the clarity of truth. I am a Good. mental health counselor, and mm. I have shifted. Yes, and I have shifted from, um, you know, there's certain ethics and laws that are required uh, in order to hold a license, and I just will not um, succumb to those. I will not follow those. Good for you. And so I have, thank you. And so I have shifted my work to living principles of truth, namely being honest, responsible, and humble. And I have invited my clients, um, I'm now called a mental health, or not mental health, a mental fitness trainer instead of a Good. clinician of psychology. Yeah. And so now I have permission to speak principles and teach people principles and help them understand that their mental health condition is largely because they are not living a principled life of being honest, responsible, and humble. So God when I go you. to church... Thank you. Thank you. It is, it is fantastic. I have hate coming towards me like you probably have hate coming towards you. What else is new? Uh -huh. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So I have a question, and as I've been working with parents specifically, but, but not all the time, parents are um, bowing to their children. That This is what I'm seeing in the mental health field. Children demand things and then the parents because they want to have them like them or they want to have them happy or they want to um, make sure that they cool. don't ever leave them yeah exactly mm -hmm. that they are bowing to their children instead of bowing to god instead of bowing to truth it's one of the reasons i just love how clear you are it's like you're hooked into god so clearly and um, so I, I go to church and I hear these women, women that are raising children or women who are grandparents, and they are scared to death to confront their kids. 
And um, this enabling is just going on, you know, throughout the world, quite frankly. I know. And it's why mm-hmm. there's so many abortions. And so I'm wondering um, what what more can be done? I mean, I, I'm very clear. I kind of sound like you when I talk to my clients. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some people hate it. Some people um, love it. Like, thank you for being so clear. What more can we do as um, people, as people who love God and love truth? What more can we do to stop this enabling of this of, of this generation of, um, you know, saying that wrong is right and right is wrong? Uh, do you have any other suggestions? Well, um, if you say you're bowing to your children instead of to God, that may be a little hopeless path for them because they're obviously not bowing to God and they know how to bow to their children because they've been practicing it even though it's destructive. They don't know how to bow to God and not be what their heart tells them to be, what their emotions tell them to be. But if it could be made clear to them that they are not not bowing to God. They are going against the vocation he has given them, and they are ruining single-handedly the culture. They are ruining their children. They've been, they're not their children. They're God's children, and God has given the stewardship to them to raise them for heaven, to raise them in holiness. Uh, and integrity and all of that. And you might try the example uh, just to uh, give a stark awakening. Suppose the school that they go to was on fire and the parent knew it was on fire. You could see the flames coming out. And the children said, Mom, I want to go. I want to go. Don't worry about it. I'll stay away from the flames. It's okay. Would you let your child go? The child wants to. Mom, the other kids are going. Come on, we'll put it out. Don't worry. And you say, you're going to send your child to die. You will send your child in there to die because you're afraid to counter them. You're afraid you won't be popular. They won't like you. Come on, everybody's doing it. That might be a clear example. You see the flames. Would you allow your pleading child pleading with you. Let me go, Mom. We'll, we'll be fine. It's that half of the school. Don't worry about it. Some moms would be weak enough to let their child go in. But others would say, no, I have to go in the line here. The fire, fire is huge. It's going to consume the whole school. Here I have to put my foot down and say no. Well, that is mm-hmm. still challenging for a parent who is weak and gives in. But there's something, reality, that hits that parent that say, no, my judgment right now is better than yours. Um, And I would say to that parent, that's what you're doing by giving in to your children, by their cursing, by their misbehavior, by their immodesty, by your allowing them to do what they do, you are setting them into a burning building. And if you send your child into a burning building, what has destroyed that child? The fire? No. Of course the fire. But you will be accountable because you sent them in. That's what's happening. Uh, The devil is more clever than that. He's simply not going to present a fire. It's not that easy. He is going to make conflict between you and your child. You're not going to be cool. Well, the other parents, you're cast away. No. You have a vocation. 
And if you fail, if you want to be popular with your child and all that, you will be accountable before God. You are destroying your child. It needs to be made clear to them. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's helping the parents see that they're actually doing that. That's where the challenge from my vantage point is coming from, is trying to help them see that because they, they don't see it. They just they don't see it. Really and am I going to blame no, them for not seeing it? No. Am I going to holler them? No. But we have to help them to see it because yes. fire they can see. Falling off a yeah. cliff, they Mom, I want to jump. It's only 100 feet. I look at the others made it. <laughs> Visually, they have to see it. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. There's our break, dear one, Jody. God bless you for what you're doing. I think it's fantastic. Okay, we'll be right back after the break, everyone. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. In the New Testament's first letter of St. John, chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, we read, And we have this confidence in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in regard to whatever we ask, we know that what we have asked him for is ours. It's incredible to realize how much God loves us, what he has promised us, and what he'll give us through our trust in him. Have you prayed for the Station of the Cross today? We would be grateful. If you would remember us each day in your prayers, whether it's the Most Holy Rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, the Liturgy of the Hours, the Most Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, or any other prayers you pray throughout the day, please also pray for the intentions of your fellow Catholic radio listeners. It's so important for us to remember to keep one another in prayer. to bring the Catholic community together through our Catholic Community Events page. You can discover the details about a community calendar event that you've heard on the air. Just click on the events tab at thestationofthecross.com and find your local station. If your parish or Catholic organization has an upcoming event and you'd like to get the word out, you can submit it for consideration under the events tab as well at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am live. I am here with you. You see this gorgeous background. <laughs> the plane, because I'm calling you from our mobile homes um, in Tyler, Texas. We're so thrilled to be here. We had a, a difficulty early this morning and couldn't get to the uh, normal uh, house where we do the program. So we have Our Lady behind us, 
and we could do this by cell phone. This is a first time we're trying this, and I'm so, so happy that it worked. Um, this is our last segment. Um, our uh, lines are wide open, and you have got 10 minutes to call in with anything on your heart, if you wish. Um, and the uh, toll-free number, one eight seven seven five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the cross.com and you can text at that number as well we had a call from a Gemma in Kansas um, who could not hold on the line uh, and left the message that her husband doesn't like the Latin mass but she does and wants any advice I would say um, dear Gemma to keep the peace between you and your husband and in your family doesn't like the Latin mass, stay with him. Stay with him um, uh, at all costs. Keep the peace in the family, and if he goes to Nova Sordo, you go with him. Um, if you're able to go to a Latin mass at all times, that's fine, but uh, maybe he might be, uh, maybe say, honey, would you go? I know that's not your preference. Would you come with me once a month, perhaps? Um, and if you don't make it an issue and you're always with him, he might pray after that. But keep love foremost. Keep the unity and the peace of the family foremost. And uh, do what you can that way. That's your, uh, your um, vocation to love your husband and serve him uh, is foremost. You will be honoring God by doing that. So, and you just offer up your suffering for uh, God to work on his heart, maybe to convert him so that he begin to, um, to like, to love the Latin Mass. Okay, and if again, if he goes with you, uh, try to have him go with you to a home Mass, so at least there'll be more music and, and um, he may, God may work on his heart. Pray a novena to Our Lady. Uh, to uh, change his heart, but first your your love for him and obedience uh, to his preference uh, is is paramount is very important. Um, okay, let me just uh, tell you this because we have a little over five minutes left, and again, you're welcome to call in. Five minutes is a long time when we're speaking. Um, but one more uh, announcement here in the men's march this afternoon. Um, I love it. And men, if you're marching or you're supporting the men's march, you must have relations with no one but your wife in marriage. If you are intimate with a woman, Outside of marriage, you have no business marching in the men's march because you are destroying that woman. Even if she hasn't become pregnant, you're destroying her. If you use contraception in or outside of marriage, you are destroying your marriage and you are going against God. So those who can march in the men's march with truth and integrity are single men who are chaste, and married men who are chaste, married men are not celibate, single men are celibate and chaste. Married men must be chaste, meaning one wife, no other woman. Uh, and, and with her alone, you can be intimate and absolutely no contraception. Uh, if that clears out half the men's march, so be it. You cannot be hypocritical in this. 
you need to live the life that you claim. And so uh, we invite everyone, all Mother Mary listeners, everybody who listens to the Station of the Cross, to keep listening or keep watching on Facebook after this program ends, uh, because the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network will be interrupting regular programming to bring you live wall-to-wall video coverage of the National Men's March from Baltimore, Maryland. Co-founders Jim Havens and Father Stephen Emberato, and if you are fans of uh, the Station of the Cross, you know uh, who those two good holy men are. Jim Havens and Father Stephen Emberato are co-founders of the Men's March, and they will be leading the march made up of fathers and sons starting at the Baltimore Planned Parenthood Abortion Center. Wouldn't it be wonderful for 10,000 fathers and sons to collect outside of Planned Parenthood Abortion Center and then proceed to the Baltimore Marriott where the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops will have their annual meeting? You can also watch the video live on um, YouTube at uh, youtube.com forward slash the station of the cross. Uh, uh, Beloved, um, the USCCB, uh, United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, has okayed public sinners who call themselves Catholic to receive the Eucharist. It is an abomination. They are planning a three-year program on renewal for the Eucharist. It's a shame. You cannot promote the holiness of the Eucharist, Christ receiving Christ himself, being in grave sin. And if you are a public servant, such as a politician, and you publicly say that you are, um, that you support abortion, or that you're against it, but you don't want to influence other people, you may not receive the Eucharist, no matter what anybody says, including the Holy Father. You may not. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 11 on Paul. If you eat or drink the body and blood of Christ unworthily, you bring condemnation upon yourself. And so for um, President Biden and Nancy Pelosi and any other politician who calls himself or herself Catholic to receive Holy Communion, you are bringing condemnation upon yourself. For the bishops of the United States Conference of Catholic um, Bishops to not come against it, even your silence, you are bringing condemnation among yourselves. Uh, uh, You must not. If you're silent, uh, Wilton Gregory, Cardinal Wilton, Wilton Gregory, who has forbid the priests of his diocese, Washington, D.C. He has forbid them to forbid Biden the Eucharist. He has forbid them to withhold the Eucharist from President Biden. Um, and I've heard that the bishops are, the priests are in a quandary. They're not, you're not in a quandary. You obey everything. You've promised obedience to your bishop, but you don't obey sin. We promise obedience to the Holy Father, but not sin. You never obey sin. There's no quandary wondering what to do. If he tells you to give Holy Communion to a manifest public sinner, you do not. puts you out of your parish. You trust God for that. But you do not commit sin. 
because someone of authority over you, even the Pope himself, has told you to sin. You do not. Um, you obey God rather than men. When they are speaking officially from their office, they will speak truth. When they ask you to sin, they're speaking as human beings, sinful human beings. It has nothing to do with their office. Um, so I, I don't know how to be clearer than that. Um, pray for the men's march today, dear ones. Um, go to it. If you take a little time off of work, not join the whole three hours, jump in for 20 minutes on your lunch hour, whatever you can do. Be part of the men's march. Be praying for them. Be praying for the effectiveness of their commitment. I'm here in Texas. I don't know what the weather is in Baltimore, but God bless all of you men in Texas. Um, and, and the men, the fathers, who will take their sons with them. Absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Um, how old would a son be? I'd say 10 years old on. I wouldn't bring them uh, under 10, but 10 years old on.